0: Bunch of contract extensions got handed out in the National Football League. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope you're all having a fantastic start to your Thursday. It is contract extension season here on the pod, because teams are giving out contract extensions this time of year like their Halloween candy. And that is what we are going to focus on here on the show today. Uh, we've got Justin Herbert's contract extension. We've got Andrew Thomas who got a new deal. We got Trayvon Diggs who got a new deal. We got Cole Komet who got a new deal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did get a new deal. We're not going to really discuss that contract here on the show today. But teams are, this is that time of year. Training camps about to begin. There are some players that they want to work on long term, solve some problems for, for themselves um for the next offseason and they have done that and Herbert and Trayvon Diggs are two of the bigger names in that regard so hope you're all having a fantastic start to your day hello to you in the live YouTube chat hanging out with us here live on the Draft Network YouTube channel we will start the guy that is the thumbnail of the episode today it's the first name listed and it is the biggest contract uh, because it reset the standard at the position and that being the five year uh 262 and a half million dollar contract extension uh, that Justin Herbert signed with the Los Angeles Chargers. And I want to say that before we dive into the specifics on this, and I think it's very important that we dive into the specific specifics on this, I think the PSA that I would share with everybody listening to this show, and I think most of the listeners of this show probably understand this, we now live in an era where you cannot get shock and awed by just the numbers that flash in front of your screen or the notifications that come on your phone when you see a contract extension like this, because yes, it's five years, $262.5 million in a contract extension. But when you dive deep into the details, when you dive deep into the nitty gritty of the way the contract is structured, what years have bigger cap numbers, this contract is going to get ripped up before it ends, before it gets to its conclusion of five years, $262.5 million. And that is the important thing. We saw this for... I. I don't know if it was first, but I think the biggest glaring example of it was with the Patrick Mahomes contract. The way that thing is structured, that they're going to rip that up way before it comes to to end, uh, before it comes to an end, and it's going to get ripped up and redone. Specifically with the Jalen Hurts contract, you notice that 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 way that contract is structured. Two years out of that thing being done, they're going to rip that up and come up with a new one, and it is no different here uh, with this contract for Justin Herbert. Uh, and the Los Angeles Chargers, Taylor B says QB contracts don't bother me because the next one is always going to be bigger. That's fair. I and mean, Joe Burrow is going to beat this number. And I think he's going to beat it pretty handily. Uh, and then we'll see who's next up in that regard to to get the big contract. But, yeah, Burrow will be next. and I think he will beat this number. But let's just go into the nitty gritty on this. Right. The cap number for this year, 8.4. No problems here. Cap number in 2024, 19.3. No problems there. 2025, 37.3, 13% of the cap. In comparison to where the league is right now and where the league's going to be in three years, that's a very decent number for Justin Herbert. Uh, In 2026, $46.3 million, 15% of the cap. Again, with where the league's going to be going by that point, the way the cap, new TV deal, all that kind of stuff, that number's going to be fine. 2027, 58.3. All right, we're starting to get into the area where that might be a little ridiculous, might be a little absurd. But again, I don't think in the the grand scheme of things it's really that big of a deal. 2028 is where I think you're going to see this contract get ripped up. He has a cap hit of seventy one point one two million dollars. So after the twenty twenty seven season, in the twenty twenty eight off season, with two years left on this deal, with money owed to him, a base salary of forty seven million in twenty twenty eight and forty point five in twenty twenty nine, that contract's going to get ripped up. The bonus that's attached in there, which is there's a two roster bonuses in there of fifteen million dollars, they're going to rip that bad boy up when he's entering his age thirty season. And they're going to come up with a new probably four or five year deal that'll have a bunch of new money in there and they'll move off to the races. So will he get to the full five year, two hundred and sixty two point five million dollars now because it'll get ripped up with two years left in that deal and they'll move on. But I will give you the specifics, one hundred and thirty three point seven million dollars fully guaranteed at signing one hundred ninety three point seven million is guaranteed for injury at signing. And I think the bonuses reach over two, uh the guarantees reach over two hundred million. Uh, in general. Taylor B. said, what percentage of the cap will he take up at the peak? All I can tell you is what we have cap numbers for. And there the overthecap.com is willing to do the cap projection all the way out until 2026 and he peaks there at 15% of the cap. There is no cap percentage number for 27, 28, or 29. Five years ago, the largest contract in NFL history was 137 million with 90 million guaranteed. Signing QBs as early as possible is beneficial. Yeah, and again, look, the first the first three years of this deal for the Chargers, right? 8.4 million in the cap for 2023, 19.3 in 2024, 37.3 in 2025. He he peaks out in those three years at 13.2. There's your window to try to win a championship. There's your window to try to win with with Justin Herbert and to continue to build around him and have the flexibility to do so. When you start to get to 46.3 and then 58.3, that's when it starts to get a little bit more difficult. But they'll they'll do the thing. Well, they'll they'll restructure the deal. Maybe they'll they'll in at 2027. Redo the deal three years out and redo it. This thing will get ripped up. So it's nice. It's a flashy headline. Justin Herbert signing the, the, the highest deal that a quarterback's ever gotten five years, 262.5 million dollars. And it's true. He's just never going to see the conclusion to this deal in today's NFL with and this deal. This deal doesn't even have any void years on it. Let's I, I don't remember. I'm going to look right now if the deal that Hertz just signed has any void years on it. So the difference, the difference between these two contracts, at least as we see it right now, maybe we'll learn more about the Herbert deal. The Hertz deal has got void years on it. It's got one void year in 2029. So it was that he, he signed a five-year, $255 million contract extension. Herbert goes to 262.5, and I think Burrow's going to beat that here in the coming weeks now that everything, Lamar signed, Hertz signed, Herbert signed. Burrow is the, the, the guy left standing, so there's, no, there's nothing to be waiting on if you're Burrow side of things. You've got all the numbers, all the information that you need in order to make this, this distinction. You can go ahead and get this, this deal done. But I think it's a great deal for the Chargers. I think it sets you up here, right? By the way, the average per, per year value, $52.5 million if you take the contract at face value. I believe that puts him uh, atop. Uh, he beats Lamar, who's got 52. He beats Jalen Hurts, who's got 51 per year. So what quarterback will sign the $300 million deal? I mean, Mahomes just signed a 450 million dollar deal over ten seasons. So let's not let's not pretend like we have not broken that stratosphere. But if you want to put if you want to put um, Mahomes in a, in a bucket of his own, that's fair. Um, who's going to sign the the? Ne- I don't know who's next up for a big contract. I don't think two is going to get there. I'm just trying to look at rookie rookies who are coming up here next. That's really it, right? I mean, you have. Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if we're there yet. And then, you know, you're waiting on Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, you're waiting on this this next class. Like, Burrow might be the guy that breaks 300, and if not, I don't know who it would be. Taylor B, I agree with you. At, at this stage, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is a $300 million quarterback. But we'll see how it plays out. But if you're asking me to, to, to pick names that could potentially get there next, I think it's Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. That's it. Let's see. Let's see what... Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson are. Heldy says I have a take. All right, Heldy, this is where you then put the take right behind it so that we don't have to wait here too long. So I can read the take for the show. Non QB related. I love it. Completely take us in another direction. Go ahead, take us there. While I continue to look for quarterbacks that could potentially make three hundred million dollars on their next contract, and I, I don't see any. Six years at fifty million per doesn't seem wild. No, in today's NFL with a, with a player like Herbert who's twenty five years old, um, no. Now, the cap numbers are, are weird because of what they do with the bonuses and all that kind of stuff. Like That's 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 where it gets a little funky against the cap, and in some years, it's not $50 million. It might be $50 million in cash, but it doesn't count that way because of the bonuses. But the, 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 if you're a Los Angeles Chargers fan today, this is a great day. You've got the guy that you think is your answer long-term, your franchise quarterback, who has played very well over the first couple of years of his career, that you think is the guy that can lead you to competing with the Chiefs in the division, competing in the landscape of the, of the AFC, and you were able to check off one of the major boxes. You were able to say, we've got our franchise quarterback locked down long-term, giving your GM, your coach, your, your organization, your infrastructure, the runway it needs. We know we've got this guy for the next five seasons. Even if he, play, play, even if he plays that all five years, I don't think he's going to, but if he, even if he plays that every year of that contract, you have him until he's 31 years old. You have him from 25 until 31. You have an opportunity to go make a run at it. Now, each and every offseason, you can go out and, and look to add to this roster knowing you can go to any free agent and say, you're going to get to play with Justin Herbert, and you're going to have a chance to compete in the AFC for a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's a nice luxury to have. Now, they've got to go out there and back it up this year. Herbert's got to take another step. They've got to win games. they got to find a way to beat the Chiefs, split the, split the season series with the Chiefs, show that you can compete with the defending Super Bowl champs and the, the team that's going to be the thorn in your side the most during Herbert's tenure there in L.A. So it's not it's not all sunshine and roses. It's not the hay's not all in the barn here. But it's a step in the right direction. And I think if you're a Chargers fan today, you're very, very excited. So Heldy, Heldy wants to take us in the direction of the Jim Ursay tweet and says Ursay's tweet wasn't entirely wrong, but where it came from was a misguided place. Players association should be taking the most slack for the current RB situation. And then Taylor B says Ursay just can't say that when everyone knows he's in negotiations with his star running back, he has to know how it would be taken. I want to see the tweet one more time because I saw that he tweeted and I saw that people were upset about it. And I kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of ignored the tweet. So I'm going to look at the tweet again. I'm going to read it here for, for everybody on the show, for maybe those listening in the podcast audience or those hanging out with us that didn't see it. Jim Irsay last night said, NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work in compromising good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. So, I don't think there's anything categorically wrong with the, the tweet, right? I just don't think Jim Irsay is the person to say that out loud as an owner and as somebody who is actively in the middle of the situation, right? I just think you have to look at the, the messenger. Also, it feels very clear to me that they're just going to get a deal done with Jonathan Taylor. And so this, I don't think this is going to be as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Healthy says, I personally still think JT gets his deal, but I think both sides are so dug in right now that it's hard to find a satisfactory compromise. Sam T says the issue here is an owner saying that publicly. Yeah, he's not the correct messenger on this, he, because you're you're never going to look at this kind of tweet and say that he's that he's doing it from a place of good faith, right? He says that some agents are saying are are, are selling in in bad faith, and he's saying that the CBA, it, it was you know hard work, compromising good faith, in a in a. In a dispute like this, the owner is never going to be looked at as a person in good faith, and so that's the, that's the issue with the tweet. The substance, no, it's the person, it's the person saying the message because you are never going to be believed. You are never going to be looked at as somebody acting in good faith. Now, I don't know if if I agree entirely with the tenor of of the tweet because I don't know if if agents are acting in bad faith. I know I know the running backs are upset and. Part of this, I I necessarily agree with. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I don't know if I would use the term inappropriate, but I don't think it makes a ton of sense for anybody for a specific position to want to negotiate a separate clause in the CBA. That's just never going to happen. So that part I agree with. But again, Jim Irsay is the worst messenger on this. Um, I'm not surprised that Jim said it because Jim has always been like this. He's always been open. He's always said what's on his mind. Um... But again, I think throwing out the term that some agents are selling in bad faith. Jim, I don't think you're the person here that's got the moral high ground to say we're acting in good faith. Because there's not a lot of evidence that supports you. Um, Taylor B. says Jim Mercy and any other owner for that matter is the last person I care to hear from on the issue. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No NFL team personnel should ever tweet that. Agreed, Sam. Agreed. Um, he 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 did say the quiet part out loud. Yes. Um, and you're just gonna have to that you just have to take it at agents would say that owners act in bad faith. That's how this works. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that. Yeah. And so for Jim to respond, I think it's just him responding and being emotional because that's just how he's responded in the past. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything malicious behind it. But again, he's not the right messenger on this. So it's going to get taken with a with a particularly um, skewed view and then add on top of it the fact that you've got his team currently in the midst of negotiating with a position that's been a hot-button issue right now. It's just a bad thing to tweet. Just a bad thing to tweet. It's bad timing. It's bad optics. He's a bad messenger. Like, it's just, it checks all the boxes of something that you just shouldn't say. I don't even think the message is completely accurate. I don't think it's egregious. I don't think it's terribly wrong. But I also don't think he's 100% accurate. So it's like, bad message, bad messenger. Message isn't completely there. It's bad optics. Like there's just so many reasons why the, the, he should not have hit send on this. But I also don't think it's like a on a one out of ten. I don't think it's a ten out of ten big deal. Just my personal take on it. Uh, let's talk about some of these other contracts. I know Bailey has been waiting with bated breath all day long for me to break down the Kolchakat contract extension, the four year, fifty million dollar contract extension that he has gotten from the Chicago Bears it's going to count for 7.3 million against the cap this year and then he counts for 11.6 against the cap each of the next 4 seasons. His average as i attempt to try to do this, he's 12.5 at the tight end position. That puts him in the Hunter Henry tier. A little bit behind Dawson Knox, ahead of Zach Ertz and Taysom Hill. I don't know, it's not a ton of money. In terms of total value, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Eighth in total value. It's eighth among tight ends in average per year. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's tied for ninth in total guarantees. It's fifth. Like it's not egregious. He's a fine player. Bailey says, Dawson Knox screwed us. It was always going to be this price when looking at that. He's a good player, not a difference maker. I think he's getting paid like a good player, not a difference maker. So I don't, I don't have any problem with this. They didn't put him in the Dallas Goddard tier. They didn't put him in the Mark Andrews or David Joku tier. They paid him lower than Darren Waller got. Like, or, or, or than Dawson Knox got. Dawson got 52. He got 13 per year. What was his contract with the with the bills? He got a four-year $52 million deal. Like, you, you got to, I mean, they, they signed Cole Komet for 450. So. Basically the same. It, it's fine. Bears still have to spend 15 million more this year to get the, to the cap spending force, so they'll need to pay someone else with an upfront heavy contract now. Maybe a pass rusher, Bailey? How about that? How about an edge rusher? Somebody that can get after the quarterback on defense. I know you want to stop the run with the interior, but how about we spend some of that 15 million dollars on I don't know edge rushers? How about that as an option? No. You don't like that suggestion? Trayvon Diggs, the next contract up for us to discuss here on the show. Just signed a five-year extension with the Dallas Cowboys worth $97 million, $33.3 million in guaranteed, 40, uh, that's at signing, $42.3 million in total guarantees. He got a $21.25 million signing bonus. Uh, his signing, uh, his salaries at the signing of the contract, according to OverTheCap.com, uh, are guaranteed for 2023 and 2024, and he has a $9 million injury guarantee in 2025, which will vest to a fully guarantee on the fifth day of the league year in 2025. So when you look at this contract here for, for the Cowboys, they're locked into 2023. They're locked into 2024. So they're paying them what they're paying them over the next two seasons, more than likely on the fifth day of the league year, it'll be a fully guaranteed. So they'll lock themselves in for 2025. After that, they can get out of this pretty easily. So it's really, truly just a three-year contract. In 2026, if after three seasons they can cut him and save eleven million against the cap, they'll have eight million in dead money. But like eleven against the cap, if they want to cut him after twenty twenty six, pre June one, twenty million in savings, four point two against the cap. Like they've got options here. If they cut him post June one, they can save even more. Um, in twenty twenty six, so I view this as a three year deal. Um for the Cowboys. I know it's going to say a five-year deal worth $97 million, but it's really just a three-year deal in terms of the commitment that the Cowboys are making to Trayvon Diggs. And he's got three years, his age 25, 26, and 27 season to continue to to prove how good of a player he is. And then he can continue to play uh, on that deal. Taylor B. says there's no bigger example of what Jamie's been saying about overabundance of running back talent than commits contract versus Saquon. Yeah, I, I will, you know, I hate to he preys on, on Jamie. It's kind of our running bit to be heels with each other, but he has brought up a point I want to say at least 10 times, and I'm not being a jerk when I say that, he's just really emphasized this point over the last couple of days while we've discussed it, that this is not an issue of um, you know, quantity and quality. There's just a lot of quantity of quality, and that there's just so many talented running backs that teams feel like they don't have to pay a ton of money because there's always going to be another option that they can get the most out of somewhere else for less money. And so I highly recommend listening to some of the Prospects and Props episodes. I think the one on Tuesday goes into it. I know the Takes on Takes episode last Friday goes into it where Jamie kind of uh, outlines uh, this conversation and his point on this. But it's a it's a good one. Um, it's one that I I, I agree with 100%. Uh, one more contract extension for us to discuss, uh, and that being the contract that was just signed by Andrew Thomas. I want to try to get some of the particulars on it. Uh, it's a five-year extension for uh, for Andrew Thomas. Hopefully, I can mute this at time so it doesn't go off. Um, there, there, the, the, no terms of the deal have been announced according to the CS Band story, but we, we've we've learned some of the details of it. It's a five-year, one hundred seventeen million dollar contract. Uh, it's one hundred seventeen and a half million dollar contract extension. Sixty-seven million fully guaranteed at signing is the most ever for a non-quarterback extension after three seasons. He's now under contract through the twenty twenty-nine season. Um, I'm looking at his at his contract. Right now, it's not updated here on OverTheCap.com, so I don't have the specific breakdown of the way it plays out. But he had two years left on his current deal. Um, he had this year and then the fifth-year option, which was picked up. So this new extension ties him through uh, 2029. So let me do some math here. 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029. So it's a five-year extension, um, which, me- which feels to me, if they're, ref- if they're phrasing it as a five-year extension, he's going to play the last two years of this deal. So he's going to play on his current number for 2023 and he's going to play on his current number for 2024 and then the extension will kick in in 2025. Uh, when's the last time we saw a contract sign and thought that player would play out that entire contract? Um, None of the big ones, Taylor B. None of the big contract extensions. Like even Mahomes' contract, he's not going to play out that entire contract. They're going to rip it up and do a new one. So I'm sure there's some like short two or three year deals that get played out especially when you can restructure stuff nowadays but like when i think the spirit of your question is when looking at bigger mega extensions big time contracts that get handed out either via free agency or via extension from a team or a sign and trade right you trade for a guy and give him new money um like i don't know i can't think of a player in recent memory who played out their contract when it didn't get ripped up or or restructured or redone at some point in the process. And specifically nowadays with the quarterbacks, I don't think you're going to see that. Um, I'd be very shocked if any of these mega extensions, um, Jamie says, I think Saquon will play as an extension. Shut up, Jamie. Right. Like a backup guard or a third string running back who signs like a one or two year deal. Like that's not the spirit of what you're asking. So yeah, I don't know. Um, And teams are very creative in the way that they, they, they handle money. Like the Daniel Jones contract, I think, is the perfect example. We're talking about the, the Giants. I'll pull up the Daniel Jones contract, right? They go out and they give him a four-year, $160 million contract extension, right? Oh, gosh, Daniel Jones, $40 million a year. But we've talked about it on the show. It's a two-year deal. They can get out of it after 20, after 2024. They can designate him a post-June 1 cut. It would cost them $9 million in dead money, and they would save $30.5 million against the cap. It's a two-year deal. Because in today's NFL, teams will take a nine million dollar dead cap hit and save the thirty million against the cap if you if you if you suck if you're terrible if you're terrible. So it's a two year deal. So yes, it's, it's on paper it's a four year one hundred and sixty million dollar contract. It's eighty two million dollars guaranteed at signing. Total guarantees of one hundred five million. I get all that, but it's really a two year deal. They are they, these deals are put together where it's it's nice. It looks fancy. There's a lot of money up front. But these teams are able to maneuver themselves out of it. Teams are much more willing in today's NFL to hand out those, those checks. They are totally okay handing out contract extensions and giving out cash up front to give themselves the flexibility down the road to be able to get out of it. And the New York Giants can absolutely get out of Daniel Jones' contract after two years. It's a two-year window for Daniel Jones to continue to prove that he can be the starting quarterback. So he's basically, even though he's got a four-year contract, at the end of this season, he is walking into 2024 and he's going to be on the hot seat in some ways because this team can just easily move on from him, designate him as one of their two post-June 1 cuts and get $30.5 million. The guaranteed money is the actual contract. The big numbers are just headline grabbers, right? The guaranteed money is fair. It's the actual contract because that's the money that you're going to get, right? And the bonus, like the there's a 36 million dollar signing bonus that was given to Daniel Jones, right? That's part of his 82 million dollar guaranteed at signing. That bonus is just prorated out over the 4 years of the contract. So, he's got that check already. He's gotten paid that money. So, it doesn't matter that for 2025 and we're explaining the salary cap here, but like he has a prorated bonus of 9 million dollars in 2025 listed for his cap. He's already been paid it. It just counts as it just it's, it's it's just arithmetic. So, that's why they're able to get out of it and just have the dead money hit of the bonus. That's it. That's all they have. So it's, you know, and his and his base salary, I'm looking at the the nuances of his contract. Twelve million of his base salary converts to fully guarantee on March 15th of 2025. So they're going to make the decision pretty, pretty quickly on Daniel Jones after the first two seasons. This contract's either going to look like a bargain because he's going to play better and the cost of his quarterbacks are going to skyrocket over the next two years, or it's going to be very easy to move on from because he's not playing well and they think they can take the thirty and a half million dollars in cap space and spend it elsewhere. Contracts in a nutshell in 2023 in the NFL. And then the new TV deal when they, when they get that and the cap goes up a ton will be even even crazier. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show as we look at some of the contract extensions here in the National Football League that have been given out. And I don't think we're done. I think we're going to keep an eye on Joe Burrow contract extension. There's always a couple of other teams that will probably look to get some deals done. Uh, and we'll definitely cover them here as they come across the screen, as they come across the wire here over the next couple of weeks. We got one more film study This week here on the show, Michael Penix Jr. Is uh, the study for tomorrow's film studies. We continue to go through the quarterbacks. Just a hot take. I think Michael Penix is going to slot in as the QB3 ahead of time. But let's evaluate him and see where he fits overall. To see if he's going to have a firm lock on that spot for me. uh, Entering the 2023 season. So that's what you got to look forward to tomorrow. In the meantime, while you're waiting for us. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Helps us continue the momentum that we are slowly building here. Ahead of football season. And it is thanks to all of you being a part of this journey that we are all on. We've got the live YouTube side of things Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join us for the pre, the recording of the show, the post-show. We've been playing the Immaculate Grid, both football and baseball version in in the post-show, so it's been a lot of fun to see how, we, how we're how able to do as a group uh, in the football side of things. you want to catch us on demand at any time, you can't catch us live. You can do so. Just go to the Draft Network on YouTube, click the live tab. All of the VODs are there. While you're at it, while you're watching those videos, give the video a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. We greatly do appreciate it. But that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. We'll talk with you all tomorrow.